the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, comforter of hearts, heal your people's wounds and transform brokenness into wholeness. Grant us the courage and wisdom, humility and grace to act with justice. Breathe wisdom into our prayers and labors. Grant that all harmed by abuse may find peace in justice. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome, everyone, those of you who are listening to the SCYP Secretary of Child and Youth Protection podcast. This uh, regular podcast will be on various topics of discussion, talking about the work of making sure children are safe and that victims' needs are being met, and that overall the charter is being implemented and carried out. Uh, My name is Deacon Bernie Nohadera. I am the Executive Director of the Secretary of Child Youth Protection here at the USCCB, and I have a number of colleagues with me, and I have them introduce themselves. Uh, My name is Melanie Takanen, and I'm the Associate Director for the Secretariat. This is Drew Dillingham. I'm the Coordinator for Resources and Special Projects. And not with us today, but clearly a part of the SCYP family is Laura Garner. She is the Executive Assistant and pretty much the one that runs this uh, Secretariat. These podcasts are recorded and being brought to you. Uh, In addition, we are looking at any available uh, materials that, again, once we have them on the website, can be sent to you by email. Uh, We will also be putting this on the the tool, the toolbox, right, Drew? Okay, perfect. So anyway, I just want to ask really quickly, uh, we'll start with you, Melanie. How How did you get here? What was your journey prior, and how did you end up here at the USCCB? Well, oddly enough, working in child youth protection is not something that you really dream about as a little kid. Right, but it definitely is a, a calling, that's for sure. Um, in my own experience, I was working for the Diocese of Phoenix, and I was there for five years overseeing their safe environment training program, and kind of just looked at uh, the possibilities within the USCCB in child protection, and from there went for it, and lo and behold, you guys were crazy enough to hire me for the job, and have been here since uh, August of 2016. So I'm very, very joyful to be a part of the team, and have really loved working with the Secretariat. And your background in terms of your education and uh, education in um, education and sociology, and also a master's in psychology. Wonderful, thank you. How about you, Drew? Your journey. Well, in the past, I had the joy of working with politicians. Um, so I worked for two political campaigns: one in New York on Long Island, and also one uh, in New Hampshire. Fortunately, due to God's providence, we lost both of those campaigns, (laughs) and I decided that I should work for God and his people and his church, so I looked for positions both at the diocesan level and at the national level, and fortunately, I was able to find a position in child youth protection and uh, start here in 2013, so it's been a good last almost five years at this point. Wonderful, excellent. And your, your educational background? So my educational background is in uh, public policy, so I have a master's of public policy from Stony Brook University, as well as a bachelor's in political science and philosophy, and I also attended the Pontifical Gregorian University in Rome um, last year, and I received a diploma in the safeguarding of minors. Excellent. Thank you, Drew. Uh, and as ministry, uh, as as Melanie mentioned this is a ministry, and I definitely see this as a vocation. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, D.C. was not on my radar. 
I come to you by the way of the Diocese of San Jose. I am a permanent deacon. Uh, I was doing the work of child and youth protection for the Diocese of San Jose when I was invited to to uh, apply for this position. Um, but by but by background, I'm also a clinical social worker. I've also spent time in the military. Um, and so here I am. My background in education is, uh, again, I have my master's in social work with an emphasis in health, mental health. And I have a, uh, a master's in theology uh, from St. Patrick's Seminary in, in Menlo Park. Um, I have been a permanent deacon now, I ordained in 2008 of May. And I have been here. I'm, I'm going on my seventh year at the, at the USCCB. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be working with such a wonderful team. So basically, you heard about us and, and what we do here. Now, in terms of our role and an explanation of the existence of the USCCB, uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops is a conference that involves membership of the bishops, the diocesan bishops, as well as eparchs that are within the Episcopal Conference of the United States. That would also include the Virgin Islands. As such, this body does the, bo uh, the majority of the work of the body of bishops in terms of policies, in terms of programs, in terms of any of these efforts or movements they want to carry forward uh, in, in the public. So this is what the uh, conference does. It is not, uh, it has no authority over the bishops. There is no jurisdiction over the bishops. So for example, the secretary cannot tell a bishop or a diocese to carry out XYZ type programs. Uh, we are here to provide resource and to provide assistance to the dioceses, nor do we police the bishops. That's the other thing. Uh, there, the, the protocol for that, uh, you may forward complaints, we will listen, but then we will direct you to the proper avenue for, for those complaints to be dealt with and to be heard. Um, so again, we do carry out the work of the bishops, and very clearly with what the conference is set up to do, um, and this is per the charter, the Secretariat of Child and Youth Protection is to work very closely with the Committee on the Protection of Children and Young People, which is comprised of uh, bishops from each region, along with the National Review Board, which is a lay body of experts from around the country. And both the NRB and the CPCYP, their primary endeavor is to carry out the work of the charter and to look at what can be done to continually improve that charter to help bishops in their dioceses and eparchs carry out and implement the charter, um, and to just, again, continue with the encouragement, the gathering of resources, the providing of trainings and tools that may be needed to carry out to carry out that work. So I did mention the charter, and as you know, this is the principal roadmap, if you will, uh, guidelines, mandates, 17 articles that help dioceses to carry out the work of protecting children and making sure the needs of victims are carried out. And connected to the charter is another very important document, the Essential Norms, which is particular law for the United States, the church in the United States. So the Essential Norms help to give the charter teeth. And for those of you who uh, have often asked, when we do our audit and the audit process, we audit to the charter, not the Essential Norms. Um, so basically, we have been continuing to do this work. We assist the CPC, SCYP and the uh, we assist the CPCYP and the NRB as best as possible and uh, attend meetings, participate in meetings, carry out their minutes, and carry out any action items that they'd like for us to do. Would you guys want to add anything else? Did I miss anything else in that description? Yeah. 
yeah, just some other responsibilities that our secretariat uh, kind of does throughout the year. Uh, of course, as Bertie mentioned, we're definitely here as a resource for all of uh, you folks doing child protection and, and victim assistance. So by all means, we're, we're here for you. If an issue comes up or if you'd like any, you know, just want to talk through a situation that comes up, that's definitely one thing that we do. Uh, we all are, are workings with the National Review Board. Um, we are basically staff for the National Review Board and the Bishop's Committee on Child Protection. So any projects that come up, um, different you know situations, kind of any recommendations that they may have, we assist in carrying out those efforts. We also uh, collaborate a lot with the auditing firm. So currently Stonebridge, who's auditing all dioceses on charter implementation, uh, we are in communication with them very frequently with different situations that may come up, looking at the audit instrument, uh, so on and so forth, which leads into an annual report that our office puts out every year as well. So we're currently working on the 2017 annual report, and any previous reports that we have are available on our website too. So that's a, a big annual project that we are able to get together. And also working with uh, the advisory committee on CYPCLC uh, conference Child and Youth Protection Catholic Leadership Conference. There's so many acronyms that we have going around child protection that sometimes I even lose which one it is. Uh, so the Child and Youth Protection Leadership Conference, that there's a wonderful committee of folks who are able to plan those conferences, conferences and assist the hosting dioceses, and we're able to collaborate with them as well as the hosting diocese too. Mm -hmm. So our secretariat doesn't actually plan those conferences at all. Um, it's really the work of dioceses that have given up their time to be able to plan it. So coming up in 2018, in June, it, that conference is going to be in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And I know they're working really hard to start planning a, a great conference. Great. I want to also add that a lot of the work that we do in the uh, at the USCCB, we do also a lot of collaborative uh, projects with other departments here in the USCCB. We work very closely, for example, with CCLV, which stands for Clergy Consecrated Life and Vocations. As long as, uh, as well as with uh, LIMFLY, which stands for Lady Family Life, Marriage, and Youth, and we have a very close working relationship with Canonical Affairs and Church Governance and the General Counsel's Office. So we, we are very busy uh, with the work that we do right now. Uh, we are working jointly uh, with an endeavor with uh, with uh, CCLV with the upcoming revisions for the PPF. And we are working with uh, cultural diversity with the upcoming Encuentro. And we just uh, completed a very major endeavor, big endeavor, last summer with the convocation uh, that took place in Orlando. And that was pretty much an all-hands-on-deck. Drew, what about uh, in terms of the, uh, the role of the Secretariat as a resource to diocese? I know this is a very important part of the work that we do. Sure. The Secretariat has many helpful resources available to dioceses. Many of these resources are focused on enabling ongoing communication between the Secretariat and diocese and also between dioceses themselves. Mm -hmm. So one of those resources is called the CYP Community. A lot of um, you listening probably already know a lot about this resource. You can find it at community.usccb.org. The CYP Community is basically an online forum available to diocesan staff and clergy whose duties are specifically related to child protection victim assistance or uh, duties related to the diocesan review board. The great thing about this website is that it's private, meaning only those who request permission from the secretariat can be added. This means that the information on the website can't be accessed by anyone except diocesan representatives, meaning 
uh, there's more open communication within the forums themselves. So diocesan staff members can use the CYP community forums to ask each other questions on any issues that might arise in their diocese or any more specific questions that the secretariat might not necessarily um, be able to answer. Um, they can also find the answers to questions that have been posed by their peers in the, in the past. For example, some recent questions in addition to the other hundred that have been posted included, include how do you handle safe environment training opt-outs? Or what's your opinion of so-and-so, uh, such-and-such, a safe environment program? Or how do you handle elder abuse? So there's a ton of different questions that have been asked in the past. So if you have a question, please check the CYP community to see if it's already been asked before reaching out to the secretariat. I've found that the expertise of those who post in the forums is very valuable especially because many of the contributors have worked in child protection mm -hmm. since the charter was promulgated in 2002 and some even before that. And they just provide a wealth of experience and knowledge um, in I that I think way. it's also a wonderful platform to develop bridges, develop relationships, develop the type of network and support that I think SCCVACs uh, should, should utilize, should take advantage of. Mm -hmm, definitely. The Secretariat also communicates to diocesan staff and clergy using the email function on the CYP community, so we try to keep dioceses up to date on relevant child protection issues, as well as the current projects of the Secretariat. For example, we'll send our online quarterly newsletters in January, April, July, and November. We also send out surveys and the audit information in this way. Uh, you, you yourself, if you have access to the CYP community, can also send an email to everyone that's been registered on the site. So that's another helpful function. If you have something that immediately needs an answer, you can directly contact uh, your peers in that way. So if you're not receiving the newsletter, please contact me, or any other emails. If you're not receiving those, please contact me so I can update the site. Or if you have a new SEC or VAC or review board chair, contact me so I can add them as well. Something else in the CYP community is called the Resource Toolbox, and that is an endeavor of the National Review Board, the Secretariat, and diocese themselves. That toolbox has hundreds of resources on dozens of topics, ranging from canon law to safe environment to victim assistance uh, to just regular forms and policies. So if, if you need a resource, please check out that Resource Toolbox to see what it has to offer. And we're trying to constantly grow that toolbox. So if there's something that you'd like to share um, with other dioceses, please let us know so we can add it. The more resources that we have, the better. And the last resource I want to highlight is the training on the principles of high reliability. That's being developed by the Secretariat, the National Review Board, and the Steering Committee composed of diocesan leaders. We've been working on this project for um, a number of years. So many of you might remember the training that we provided um, in collaboration with an organization called HPI, Healthcare Performance Improvement, that took place in Philadelphia and in Covington at the formerly known as the NSECVAC, now the CYPCLC, so there's some more acronyms, uh, in 2013 and 14. So those early trainings focused on the application of high reliability in the hospital setting. But since then, um, based on your input, we've worked to make these theories more easily accessible and usable for your roles in child protection and victim assistance, especially at the diocesan and parish levels. 
So briefly, the main goal of that training is to provide you with practical tools to strengthen your organizational culture. And that strengthening of organizational culture was something that was highlighted by the Causes and Context study as an important need of diocese in protecting children, responding to allegations, and healing victims. One way we've identified um, to do this is to learn from the experiences of other organizations who also have to prevent harm to both their own members and those they serve. These organizations are known as HROs, or High Reliability Organizations, and they face a great deal of risk, yet they're able to limit the number of accidents they experience. Now, they do this by utilizing certain management and leadership principles or techniques, and those are known as the principles of high reliability. Much of the work uh, and the research for this theory behind the principles comes from Dr. Carl Weick and da Dr. Kathleen Sutcliffe. You can read more about that in the book Managing the Unexpected. You can find that on Amazon or any other um, book vendor. In the new HRO training that we're working on, we're adapting the principles um, of high reliability for use by dioceses, and we're helping dioceses to find out how they specifically, in their unique role or in their unique situation, can use them to, be to better prevent and respond to the abuse of minors. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Melanie just so she can talk uh, a little bit about the current status of that HRO project. Well, thanks, Drew. That was definitely a good uh, history on where the project came from. Um, kind of just elaborating on that a little bit as well, we're looking at using these principles of high reliability organizations, or HROs, to really look at changing the culture. And the goal within the church in general, but really in any you know child-serving organization, or this can be applied to, to anywhere that you may be working, is to look at creating a culture of safety, or more specifically in line with the charter, a culture of protection and healing. So how we are able to implement this culture, the kind of the practical steps are gonna be utilize these principles. But that's kind of the overall goal is to look at creating this culture. Now, what we're doing uh, currently with the project is we've been, as Drew said, in consultation with a couple of different organizations involving HROs. Uh, we've had the steering committee with various safe environment coordinators and victim assistance coordinators. Currently, we have developed a um, draft of the training program that we've been able to present at a few different alpha sites throughout the U.S. and um, a couple of those alpha sites we have the Archdiocese of New Orleans, uh, Diocese of Manchester, Baton Rouge, the Eparchy of St. George and Canton, Diocese of Gary, Columbus, and Kansas City St. Joseph. And we're actually looking at, looking at finishing up this, this first round of training. From there, we're hoping to get feedback from these alpha sites as to how we can keep moving forward with creating cultures of protection and healing. And also the ultimate goal is to eventually develop a, a training program that we can roll out to all other dioceses. Again, to look at how can we keep evolving as a church. We don't want child and youth protection to remain stagnant or to just look at passing the audit, but rather let's keep moving forward and how can we improve what we're doing and improve our outreach to victims and also our protection efforts. So that's kind of the, the future of the HRO project is we've really made a lot of headway, but we've still got a, a good area to go and a lot of opportunity in front of us with this project. So basically what we're looking at when we're talking about the HRO principles, it's an instrument by which we can change the culture. And as you all know, change, any type of change, is very difficult for a lot, if not all, because folks tend to just be 
very happy with the way things are, but clearly the church cannot stay with the way things are. There has to be a change, a transformation. So as a result, the work that we are doing, if you will, again, planting seeds for this change to take place. And we need to be patient here, continually pray, continually work to, to nurture and to build up the seeds that we're planting now. Because again, if we are indeed looking at a cultural change, we're going to look at at least one or two generations before that change really does take place. The transformation that we are working at towards now also involves the development and the building of leaders. And interestingly, what we are looking at as a result of the crisis of the child abuse, child sexual abuse crises, is that it has forced the church in many ways to be revolutionary with what they do and how they approach in dealing with this, with this crisis. But as a result, the leadership had to be the type of uh, leadership where the transformation takes place, it, it holds, it sticks. So what do I mean by that? Simply passing the audit does not equate to safe environment. We're looking at a mindset, and the language that they use is a mindfulness. The language that I use, it's situational awareness. It's, it's, it's the way in which the culture that uh, puts the responsibility of taking care of our young people on the shoulders of all the adults. So the entire community is involved with this. The entire parish is involved in this. The entire church is involved with this. So I want to just say a word of thanks to all of you who are listening to this podcast. Uh, the work that you do is very, very, very important and very, very much appreciated. Uh, we understand very clearly the work that you do for some of you having to do so much with so little. But hang in there. Do the best you can. Uh, take it a day at a time. Give us a call if you need our help or assistance. We are here to serve you. Uh, additionally, if there are any any suggestions for additional topics, uh, matters of conversation, please uh, forward that to us so that we can continually you know, plan and make sure that these podcasts and webinar trainings that we are offering are robust and that they are meeting your needs. Um, again, we are working this together as a team, uh, and together we will, we will make a change. Um, uh, I, think th I think our mission here is very clear, that we want to make sure that all children and any, any vulnerable individual will be safe in the church and hopefully in society at large. So thank you for all that you do. Again, please do contact, contact us if you have any additional questions or, or recommendations or suggestions. Um, I'd like to close with a prayer, if you will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, and God bless.